0: Welcome once again to Leto's Law. Here's Steve Leto. People accuse me of being mean about police officers or car mechanics or car salesmen. And they say, Steve, you don't pick on attorneys often enough. I think I do. Uh, Whenever stories pop up in the news that I think are newsworthy, I I talk about them. And um, I never shy away because I think any profession is going to have good people and bad people in it. I mentioned before that Michigan's got 35,000 attorneys just in Michigan. So there's a lot of attorneys out there, and are there bad ones? Yes, there are. So let me tell you a funny story. Trocon sent this to me, thanks a lot, from Oregon Live. Zane Sparling wrote this story. Portland lawyer pleads guilty to bilking clients to fund a lavish lifestyle, including safaris. Prosecutor seeks 20 years behind bars. So a Portland lawyer pleads guilty. So again, there's not much of an argument here about whether or not we're going to fight this at trial and prove our innocence, Pleads guilty. Prosecutors said Tuesday they'll seek a 20-year sentence for a one-time Oregon lawyer who admitted to funding her high-flying lifestyle by stealing the cash she won for her clients. The ex-attorney pleaded guilty to 36 counts related to the scheme, including first-degree aggravated theft, first-degree theft, and identity theft during a hearing uh, recently in circuit court. Now, the story that tells about her pleading guilty is just that long. It's over. We're done. See ya. (laughs) So I wanted to go look up and find out exactly what she's accused of. Maxine Bernstein wrote a story a little while ago for the Oregonian and says that um, she's accused of stealing money she held in trust for clients and using it to pay off credit card debt and loans and to support a lavish lifestyle that included numerous big game hunting trips to Africa, taxidermy costs that resulted from those trips, other vacations, Her husband's photography business, home remodeling, and expensive cigars, according to investigators from the IRS and the FBI. The question is, is she smoking those cigars herself or are those for her husband? But the idea of the trust, you should know, is that a lot of times attorneys handle money that belongs not to them but to their clients. And some of it might belong to the attorney, but not all of it. So it's not uncommon that, let's suppose your attorney settles your case with your permission a million dollars so your attorney comes to you one day and says they've offered us a million dollars to settle the case do you want to take it and you can discuss it back and forth ramifications could you get more could you get less what's likely to happen you proceed are you sick of fighting all that stuff no by the way how much will i get is something you should always ask because i've had people tell me that an attorney said the case settled for x number of dollars and then later said but i my fee comes out of that well if you signed a contingency fee agreement, which in most states they require that to be in writing, you'd know it. So you should say, well, with a contingency and a million dollars, how much do I get? Because if the attorney gets a third, that'd be 333, you get 666 and change. But costs might be deducted. You might have big costs or you might not. Who knows? But the point is you need to ask, how much will I net? Of course, then what happens is the check comes in, and just so you know, in Michigan, and I believe it's true in most states, the check gets sent to the attorney in the name of the client and the attorney. They don't send the check the attorney in the name of the client. They don't send the check just in the name of the attorney. So I'll get a check in my office that says, pay to the order of Bob Client and his attorney, Steve Leto. Two people so that my client will then come in, sign the check, I'll sign the check, put the check into my trust account, and then cut two checks, one to Bob for his share, one to me for my share. But that check, before it goes into the account, is actually property of both of us, because both of our names are on the pay to the order of line. So the argument here is that there was money that she was holding for her clients, and that she misappropriated. And that is a big deal. The money came from insurance proceeds that were supposed to be paid to her clients according to the indictment, which was recently unsealed. Uh, The indictment says that she defrauded her clients from April 2011 through May of 2019 by way of mail, wire, and bank fraud, aggravated identity theft, money laundering, and the filing of false tax returns. So we can figure out what a lot of this stuff is, but the identity theft, I'm guessing, is that she was endorsing those checks on behalf of clients who didn't give her permission. That's one thing that could be. I'm just letting you know I'm speculating, but that's probably what fits the best here. Investigators say she forged client signatures on settlement documents she sent to various insurance companies, transferred funds without authorization to personal accounts, and lied to clients that the insurance companies were to blame for any delays in settling claims. Many of our clients never received the insurance payouts they were owed. And so that's another issue. If you settle the case with the other side and I'm representing you, they will draft a release, a settlement agreement. They'll send it over to us to review. And we will go through it together. And if we think it is okay and you are okay signing it, you sign it and we send it back to them. They send us a check. Now, here's the thing. The accusation here is that she'd get the settlement agreement. Sign it herself and send it back, but she would sign it in the name of her clients, which, of course, is a no-no. Assistant U.S. Attorney Claire Fay said the attorney relinquished her license to practice back in 2018, but has held herself out as a lawyer since then, which, of course, is another no-no. They urged the judge to order her to have no contact with any clients and hand over all her clients' papers and electronic files to the Oregon State Bar state bar has been appointed as custodian of her law practice, including her client files and business accounts. Federal prosecutor also urged the court to order her to preserve the approximately dozen guns found in her house and exotic taxidermy animal heads, including a giraffe, zebra, and a lion. The husband apparently took his own life in the home a year ago. Now, An assistant federal public defender who's representing her said she is cataloging everything and was hoping to sell some of it to pay off the debt and urged the court to allow her to do that. He also asked that the government limit any restrictions placed on her contact with former clients because some of them from 20 years ago have nothing to do with the case and have become her friends. A U.S. magistrate judge allowed her to be released with special conditions, After she made her first court appearance, federal agents arrested her at her home recently. The uh, judge ordered her to keep a detailed accounting of her sales of anything she sells, provided information to her pretrial services officer. She also must not open any new bank accounts without prior approval and must restrict her travel to within the state. She's turned over her passport and was ordered not to get a new one. The government must provide a list of clients that she must not have any contact with. It's a crazy story. And these stories hit the news a couple times a year. There's another famous one out of the Carolinas recently that also involved like a, a fake hitman plot story behind it where the guy who got caught apparently tried to muddy the water some more by having some crazy stuff happen. And I'm not even sure if I've ever talked about that one or not. Uh, that one just kept evolving to the point where I'd think about doing a story and something else would happen, and then something else would happen, something else would happen. But this one here is pretty much wrapped up except for the actual sentencing. Prosecutors are looking and asking for her to get 20 years behind bars. She's been practicing law, apparently they say 20 years. She's 53 years old. So if she got 20 years behind bars in a federal system, she probably would serve all 20. And could be behind bars until she's 73 years old. Uh, and you look at this and you go, okay, um, I've heard of people missing using and misappropriating other people's money. And it's quite often that somebody gets in financial trouble and they're going to lose their house or their car or or they're going to get kicked out of their law office. So they scam some money for that purpose and cover that up. But when you hear that no no no, she took the money to go on a safari where she shot some exotic animals, had them stuffed and brought back to her home in Oregon all with other people's money, you look at that and go, wow, that, <laughs> that is extreme. That is crazy. This is one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Now, I didn't see a dollar value in here as to how much money they're accusing her of misappropriating. And I suspect that'll come out at the sentencing. Because one of the things that the court will look at is how much harm was done to other people and whether or not she should be ordered to repay it as part of her punishment. Now, keep in mind, I said order her to repay it because if she hasn't got the money, she can't repay it. But still, the judge might say, just as an academic exercise, uh, you go to jail for 20 years and you pay restitution of $3.9 million or whatever the number might be, I don't know. But the point is that could be part of the sentencing and then if that's the case, then we'll find that out. But as of right now... uh, Pleads guilty, and the feds are seeking 20 years behind bars. Oregon Live wrote the story. Trocon sent it, and I will update you if we find out more. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you for watching Latos Law. Can you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be?